Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 18. I'm going to read this other translation. The Word of God says, But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord, because you are called an outcast, Zion, for whom no one cares. Verse 17, But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord, because you are called an outcast, Zion, for whom no one cares. And Father, I just thank you for your Word. And I thank you that this Word is going to bring fruit for your glory. Just minister this morning, I pray. Release your gifts, release your anointing, release your power. Let there be nothing in me that hinders your word. Let there be a freedom to preach and to receive your word. Let there be faith to get a hold of this one simple principle today. Look, God, I pray. And I thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to speak on the subject today. I will heal your wounds. I will heal your wounds. Uh, One of the things we all experience in life is wounds, whether it's by the people we love, the decisions we make, uh, the circumstances we face in life, we all experience wounds, uh, whether it's by the things that people have said to us uh, or the things people have done to us, the things we have done, all of us will experience wounds in our lives. Wounds have the, uh, the capacity to affect us deeply. They have the capacity to affect the way we see ourselves, the way we see the world, the decisions we make. Uh, our wounds affect our relationships, uh, especially those uh, people that are closest to us. So I often kind of refer to this, it's like wearing a pair of glasses that are, that are blue. And, and uh, what happens is everything you see is blue. You see it through uh, the, the image of those glasses. Um, as I've always said, It's not so much what has happened to us that's important, but what we do with what's happened to us. We've all experienced all kinds of things. All of us have have experienced wounds. And if you haven't experienced any yet, just hang hang five. You're going to need this sermon because there's probably some coming up very soon. Uh, We've all experienced challenges. It's not the challenges. It's not the difficulties. It's what we do with them that is extremely important. People deal with their pain in so many different ways. Uh, Some people deal with their pain by denial. It's, it's quite simple. They just say, you know, I, I, they pretend that everything is fine. They somehow squash that, that pain down and, and deep. It's not pain. It's, it's, it's they try to ignore the pain, pretending it's not there. Reality is you can't actually do that. It's like, it's like uh, shaking a, a Coke bottle. You know, you shake the Coke bottle and then at some point when it opens up, it explodes. And, and that's what happens with people that deny the reality of the pain that they're facing. Some people blame others. They spend their whole life blaming others for where they are. They say, well, the reason why I'm here is because of this person or the other person and and so on. They they, they end up being bitter towards people and circumstances in their lives. Some people take on a victim mindset. Uh, The victim always has two kinds of people. They're always uh, blaming someone for for where they are and and they're looking for someone to rescue them. Um, And it's a particular mindset of never taking responsibility for where they are. It's the victim. I'm a victim. And the reality is most of us that have experienced something in our lives are victims of a situation. It's not so much, you know, again, what's happened to us. It's what we do with that. And we can spend our whole life trying to blame someone or trying to look for someone to rescue us. But the greatest thing that we can do is take responsibility for where we are. Take responsibility for what's happening inside of us. 
Some people deal with the pain by medicating it and they medicate it in all kinds of ways and sometimes it's through alcohol and, and, and drugs and, uh, and uh, all kinds of addictions that people use and, and primarily the purpose of the addiction is medicine for the pain because for that short moment you kind of get a high and it feels great. Some people just hope that the pain will just fly away someday. The reality is all those strategies will do is intensify the wound and the pain. All these things will do is increase the pain. Like yeast, they will just grow and grow and grow and get bigger and bigger. Um, you know, any, anybody ever seen how they make, uh, you know, the pastry for pizza or bread, you know? It starts off as something really small. They put it in this kind of a container and, and then just watch it grow like the blob, you know? It just, it just, it gets yuck, you know? And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And our wounds are a bit like that. That if left alone, they just grow and grow, and grow. A bit like cancer, the wounds will just keep on multiplying until it affects your whole life and doesn't necessarily kill the body, but it does destroy something inside of you. Hope dies. Joy dies. Your dreams die. Something of our life begins to, begins to die. And Some people say time heals all wounds. Um, it's not necessarily true. Time can give us perspective. Uh, time can remove us from the immediate pain. But left untreated, just like a physical wound, time just makes things worse. And a wound that is left untreated starts to get yucky and smelly and, yeah, all kinds of things start happening. Bible says the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? And I just wonder, there might be someone here today and you've got some wounds in your life. And as I'm speaking this morning, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly the situation, the person, the event, the mistake you made that has wounded you deeply. If that's you today, I want, I want you to know that God has a word for you. Come on, I, I want you to step out in faith this morning in the name of Jesus. I, I pray this word is gonna get into our spirit this morning because this is the word of God and God's word has the power to change our circumstances. God, God's Jesus did not come some 2,000 years ago so that we could just, well, have to live with our wounds. Jesus came to set us free. Can I hear an amen? God says, but I will restore you to health. And heal your wounds, declares the Lord, because you are called an outcast, Zion, for whom no one cares. But I will restore you to health. And heal your wounds, declares the Lord, because you're called an outcast, Zion, for whom no one cares. If there's something that God wants to do in our lives, it's heal our wounds. Thank God for books and seminars and counselors. I believe in all of that. Trust me, I do. But all healing begins in the presence of God. Or, or, or the greatest healing that happens in our life, it begins in the presence of God. Now, God may use a book and He can use a seminar or a counsellor. I believe in all that, but, but healing always begins in the presence of God. It's God who begins to restore our hearts and our soul and our minds and our emotions. And, and, and I pray that this would become a revelation in our hearts. Some of you have given up hope that God could heal you and that you can experience freedom. Some, some of you, for this has become, well, this is just too hard. And you've kind of just got to a stage in your life where you're just saying, well, I'm just going to have to live with this for the rest of my life. Some, some of you are carrying wounds from when you were children. Some of you have heard, had words spoken of your life that are still affecting you today. You're stupid. You're ugly. You're never going to amount to anything. I'm embarrassed to call you my child. You're uncoordinated. You're dumb. Why can't you be smart like your brother or sister? Those messages are kind of recorded in our, in, in our, in our mind and in our hearts. And, and years later, they, they are still affecting us. 
It's incredible. And, you know, we, we, we think that we've gone through some situations, but then, then something will happen and it, it kind of just triggers the pain and the memory in our hearts and our lives. If that's you, I, I just wanna, I want us to take this word this morning in Jesus' name and I, wa- I want you to allow this word to release faith and hope, to release the gifts of the Spirit and the power of God, to minister healing into our lives in the name of Jesus. Psalm says, He heals the wounds of every shattered heart. Come on, Psalm, 70, Psalm 147, He heals the wounds of every shattered heart. All throughout the Bible, we see wounded people that were used by God powerfully. Joseph was betrayed by his brothers and went on to be used in a powerful way by God. Moses and Esther uh, were adoptees. David on the run from King Saul that was out to get him. He too was rejected by his brothers. Uh, Job felt like God had abandoned him and uh, Naomi lost her husband. She said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, which means bitterness. In other words, I'm filled with bitterness because of what's happened in my life. Hannah, the grief of not having children, and Paul, who had to deal with, you know, the guilt of, of having persecuted and killed so many Christians. And he had to live with that in his life. He was there on a horse when, when, they, were, when they were killing and murdering Stephen, and he was there watching, giving assent to all of that. And, I, and I'm sure those memories would have haunted him most of his life. Towards the end of his life, he said this, he said, forgetting what is behind and forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Some of you are saying, Pastor Joe, that's easier said than done. It's easier to say, just forget what's happened in the past um, than actually to do that. Reality is we'll never forget what's happened in the past. That's a reality. The, the, te- the, the, the tense or, the, or the, the, the sense of what the scripture is saying here is um, that God can heal us so that our past no longer affects us in the present. God can heal our wounds to such an extent where, where the, the past no longer affects us in the present. The Bible says of Joseph, Joseph named his older brother Manasseh for he said, God has made me forget all my sufferings and all my father's family. Joseph hadn't forgotten his family and all the troubles that had gone on, but it no longer affected him because God had enabled him to deal with some of that. Question is, how do we deal with the wounds in our lives? How do we deal with those wounds, those hurts that we've all experienced at some time in our lives? And I believe more than ever that as Christians, we need to learn how to deal with this stuff because we will all experience wounds in our life. First step is to believe that God can heal you. The first step to overcoming uh, the wounds in our life is to believe that you can be healed in the name of Jesus. You, you need to believe what the Bible says about you. You, you, need, you need to believe that, that, that God has something else in store for you. Faith needs to begin to rise. You see, so often the pain is so severe and the problem so complicated, the issues are so deep, the depression so dark that you lose hope and you feel like just giving up. You feel like there's, there's no way that I can get out of this. My prayer is that if that's you, that God's word would, would stir hope in our hearts this morning, that we would understand and believe that we can be made whole again. God says, but I will restore you. Come on, that's, 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 not, a, that's not a maybe, that's not a conditional kind of a restoration that doesn't say, well, we'll see what happens. God says, but I will restore you in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You've heard me say before that the word saved, there is the Greek word sozo, which means more than salvation, more than, more than uh, salvation in our lives. It includes wholeness and healing and restoration and freedom from trouble. It doesn't just include our, our, our salvation, our spirit. It also includes our mind. It also includes our emotions. And if you've lost hope today, I, I, I want you to believe that you can be healed again in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. I want us to believe for this in Jesus' name. I want us to believe that we can be made whole in Jesus' name. I want us to, I want us to begin to confess. I just thank you, Lord, that, that it's your will that I be made whole. I thank you that you are the restorer of my soul. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want anything. And then it goes on to say, he restores my soul. One of the things that happens as we give our life to the Lord Jesus Christ, one of the things that he does, he begins to restore our soul. He restores our mind. He restores our emotions in the name of Jesus. And some of us have bought into a lie that this is as good as it gets, that my life is never going to change. And, and, and the first thing that we need to do if we're going to experience wholeness in our lives, come on church, if we're, if, if we're going to experience this in our lives, we need to start to confess, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to get better in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus and by the grace of God, tomorrow is going to be a better day than today in Jesus' name. The devil says it's never going to get any better. That the enemy says, it's, this, this is going to plague you or the rest of your life. Well, the devil is a liar in the name of Jesus. Second thing that we need to do is reach out to God. First thing is believe. I know that kind of sounds simple, uh, but we need to believe that we can be healed. Because that's, that's, that's where faith is released. Something begins to change as we, as, we, as we believe that we can be healed. Number two, we need to press into God. We need to cry out to God, but I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares, declares the Lord. The person who is saying this is God. It's Lord, capital L-O-R-D. It's Yahweh. It's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's the one who declares this over our lives. Because we know and believe that God is our healer, we reach out to him. I love the story of the, in the Bible of the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. She had suffered for 12 years. She had gone from one doctor to another and, and no doubt she was losing hope. And it, it's just a, an amazing story there in the, in the New Testament. And, you know, um, and, and, I, and I'm sure that at some point she heard that, um, that uh, Jesus was healing people. And, I, and I'm sure that word got around that, that, that Jesus had, had done some incredible miracles. There was no Twitter or social media back in those days. But let me tell you, when things happened, it got around pretty fast back in those days. And, and as she heard that, I, I can imagine that faith would have started to rise inside of her. I, I, I can imagine that something would have been begin to spark in her, in her life. And that's where faith begins. It's a, it begins with a spark. It says, no, I, I, I believe that God, that God can change my life. I believe that something can happen in my life. I believe that my life can be different. And one day she hears that Jesus is passing by and she presses through the crowd and she thinks, if I can, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, then I could be made whole. The Bible says that the moment she touched uh, the hem of Jesus' garment, that she was made whole immediately. The Bible says immediately the sickness left her. She had carried for so many years. Come on, I want us to believe for the immediately this morning in Jesus' name. I want, I want us to believe for the immediately this morning in Jesus' name. I want us to believe that faith could begin to rise in Jesus' name. I want us to believe that we can walk out of this place today different to how we walked in.
I, I want us I to believe, you've heard me say before in the Old Testament, they had to walk in through one door, walk out from a different door because they couldn't walk in the same way and walk out the same way. I want us to believe that we've walked into the door one way, that we're going to walk out of this place slightly different in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, why don't you put your hand on your hearts even right now? I just want to stir faith in our hearts this morning. I want us to believe that something's going to change this morning in Jesus' name. Some, some, some of us, as I've been speaking, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But some of us have got some deeper wounds in our hearts that are affecting us every single day. We don't even know that they're there. And God wants to minister to us this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, I, I just pray that you would minister healing right now in Jesus' name. That faith would begin to rise, Lord God, that something would take place in our hearts this morning in the name of Jesus. Pray that our, heals, that our wounds would be healed, that addictions would be broken, relationships restored, minds would be set free, joy restored in the name of Jesus. Third thing that we need to do is begin to pour out our heart to God. That, that, that one of the greatest things that we can do after we believe that God can heal, after we come to God and believing that something can change in our life, that He can set us free, we need to pour out our heart to God. As we do that, God begins to minister to the wounds in our lives. He begins to pour oil and wine into those wounds. I remember many years ago, I was going through uh, some issues and I, um, many, many years ago, younger years, and I, and I remember just beginning to find a place and, and just begin to worship God and begin to pray and just begin to cry out to God. And, um, and as I began to do that, um, as I began to talk to, 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 to God about what I was going through, I, rem I remember just beginning to weep in His presence. Just beginning to cry. <laughs> um, and this was not just, a, you know, like just some tears. This was like belly weeping. Anybody ever belly wept? You know, where, where the weeping is not just coming, you know, it's kind of not just superficial, but it's coming from, from, from deep somewhere in, inside, of, inside of you. I don't know if you've ever wept like that, but it's powerful. Uh, weep, weeping is not a sign of weakness. It's a, it's a means that God uses to minister healing to our soul. If you're going to deal with the wounds in our lives, then we need to pour out our hearts to God. We need to cry out to God. Our emotions need to be released. Our pain needs to be validated. Uh, there's no greater place to do that than in the presence of God. Listen to Psalm 142. Listen to what it says. It says, I pour out before him my complaint. Before him I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. Notice the psalmist is saying, I bring, I bring you all of my complaints. It's not going to surprise God when you're honest about the pain or the shame that you feel in your life. Asaph said, when I tried to understand all of this, it troubled me deeply until I entered the sanctuary of God. And, and then, then I understood. Then I, then I got understanding. I got understanding in the presence of God. In the presence of God, something began to change. Listen to what Job says. I cannot keep from speaking. I must express my anguish. I must complain in my bitterness. What was Job doing? He was pouring his heart out to God. And it wasn't, he wasn't kind of, you know, uh, uh, photoshopping it or in any way, shape or form. He wasn't editing what was coming out. He was just pouring out his heart before the presence of God. And as Job poured out his heart to God, God just sat there in silence and listened. Um, God could have zapped him. He could have gone, you know, but he didn't. God understood what Job was going through and he just, he just allowed him to pour out his heart and anguish in his, to, to, to the God. The Bible says this in Romans, likewise the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses 
for we do not know how we should pray, uh, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be understood. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit helps us to pour our heart to God. One of the reasons why I believe speaking in tongues is so, so important because it's our, it's our spirit that begins to talk to, 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 to God about what's happening in, inside of us and it's powerful. And the Holy Spirit helps us to, to pray at, at, at times with groans that not, not, even, not even words can express. And we know that the Spirit prays, helps us pray according to the will of God. The verse goes on to say, and I will, I will restore you to health. And, 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 and restoration is not a, is not a one, one-time thing. It's, it's restoration is something that happens over a, over a period of time. And, and one of the things that God helps us in that restoration process, He helps us to forgive those that have hurt us. As we pour out our hearts to God, then God gives us the grace to forgive those that have hurt us. Pastor Joe, is forgiveness easy? No, forgiveness is not easy. Forgiveness is difficult. But as we, as we pour out our hearts to God, He gives us the power and the grace to, to forgive. The Bible has so much to say about forgiveness. Paul says to the Corinthians, forgive in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. For, for, forgive so, so that we might, we, we might not be... Uh, uh, in order that we might, might not, Satan might not outwit us. It's one of the schemes that the enemy has is to keep us bitter towards others, to have an unforgiving spirit. Paul says to the Ephesians, being kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ has forgiven you. To the Colossians, he says, bear uh, with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive the Lord, uh, forgive as the Lord forgave you. When Jacob died, uh, Joseph's brothers were worried that um, Joseph would get revenge on his brothers. So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you're to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers came and he threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Am I in the place of God? What enabled Joseph to forgive his brothers is that he himself had experienced the grace of God. And when we experience the grace of God, it's not hard to forgive others. When we experience the forgiveness of God, it's not hard. Uh, to forgive others. Some people are afraid if I forgive them, then I'm letting them off the hook. Um, but one of the decisions that we need to make is, do I want to get well or do I want to get even? Because you can't do both. Can't do both. Remember, forgiveness is a process. And, and forgiveness, you've heard me say many times, forgiveness is just simply a, a simple prayer that just says, Father, I choose. To, I choose. It's, a, it's a decision of the will. It's not a feeling. No one ever feels like forgiving anybody. Can I hear an amen? Mm, yeah, that's right. That was, a, that was a good, yeah, that's right. We don't want to forgive anyone. No one feels like forgiving someone that's hurt them. It's not, a, it's not a nice feeling that you get. The feelings we get is we want revenge. The feelings that we get is we want something bad to happen to them. 
But forgiveness begins by a choice. It's a decision of the will. Because we understood what the Word of God says, because we know that, that unforgiveness is actually going to cripple us, uh, us more than the person. Like someone said, uh, bitterness is like, or revenge is like, is like taking poison and hoping that the other person is going to die. It actually affects us more than the other person. It's a decision of the will. I choose. I choose to forgive because I know it's the right thing. And so we pray, Lord, I choose to forgive that person for what they did in the name of Jesus and by the grace of God. I choose by the grace of God to forgive that person. But Pastor Joe, I've prayed that prayer two times and nothing's happened. Well, you need to pray it at 10, 20, 100. Every time you, that person comes into your mind, you re-pray that prayer again. Every time that situation comes into your mind, it's a trigger to pray that, that prayer again. And as we begin to pray that prayer, something happens in the name of Jesus. Something is triggered in the spiritual realm in the name of Jesus. Every time we pray that prayer, that, that wound that, that is, is broken just a little bit more. Remember, he's the restorer of our soul. Restoration takes time. If you're restoring furniture or restoring a car, which I would be absolutely, that would frustrate me. That would, I'm not good with detail and those kind of things. I'm not good with that stuff. Pastor Joseph's good with that kind of stuff. Very patient in, in restoring. I'm not a good restorer. But restoration doesn't happen in one event, does it? You know, these guys, they get these cars and they're all rusted and, oh, I can see what it's going to look like one day. And then every spare minute that they get, they're in free with whatever. That's not me. But that's what restoration is all about. How does God restore us? It's a process. It's a process. It's every, it's every day we just get a little, we, by the grace of God, every day we become just a little bit more like Jesus. Forgiving those that have hurt us. The final thing God does is he, he allows us to reframe the wound. God has a way of using the most difficult situations in our life for his glory. Joseph was in a prison, but God was preparing him for the palace. The reframing of that wound, that bitterness, that bitterness that he had towards his brothers, that anger that he had towards his brothers, he suddenly understood the purposes of God and it enabled him to reframe the wound. Moses was in a desert, but God was preparing him for leadership. And so, you know, Moses could have easily become bitter towards God and, and, and what's going on with my life and why am I here? And what's happening? But, 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 but as, as he pressed into God, as he did the will of God, he was able to reframe those years because he saw the purposes of God in his life. Hannah was pouring out her anguish to God, but God was preparing her to give birth to a prophet. Job was in despair, but God was revealing himself into Job in a great, Ruth was grieving, but God was preparing her to bring Christ into the world. And maybe we will never understand what, why we've gone through what we have, but in everything we can turn to the Lord because we know that God can use our pain. I, I love this scripture. It says, from the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. If I can get the musicians to come. It's David who was saying that scripture. And just, just listen to the spirit of David. He's saying, from the ends of the earth, I will cry to you. I'm, he's, he's, on, he's at the ends of the earth. He's at the end of himself. And he's saying, in that situation, I'm going to cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. There, there's a place where God can lead us that enables to us to see our, our whole life, our whole situation from his perspective instead of our own perspective. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Most of us know the, um, 
story of the Good Samaritan. The Bible says that man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. He was attacked. He was just, he was just walking from one place and he was attacked. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Some of you may feel like this man. On the side of the road, beaten, wounded, alone, being left for dead. You feel like there's no hope for you. And uh, Good Samaritan comes along, who I believe is a type of Christ. It's a type of Jesus. Bible says He saw him. Come on, He sees you. He took pity on him. He had compassion on him. He went to him, bandaged up his wounds. He pours oil and wine on the wounds. He begins to take care of him. Each of those things speaks to us about how God ministers to the broken and the wounded. He bandages our wounds. How He pours oil, which is soothing on the wounds. Sometimes He also pours wine. That can be painful. How many people know that at times the healing process can be painful? It's wounds that have kind of closed but not healed. Sometimes those wounds need to be reopened, cleaned, and then put back. Pause the wine because it's the wine that at times ministers healing. I wonder, is there someone whose soul is wounded today? Are there things in your life that have happened that you can't explain? Is there pain which is at times too much to bear? I pray that you will allow the Holy Spirit to minister and to guide you to a place of healing. For God says, but I, I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Because you are called an outcast for whom no one cares. Will you stand with me? Had the privilege over many years to see God transform people's lives. To see how God has ministered healing in people's lives. What I'm preaching this morning is not just theory. It's truth. Now, in a sense, the healing process is um, kind of a once-off thing. We can, we can be healed, but there's another sense where we are continuously being healed. I find with myself, just when I think I've got it all together, praying in the presence of God, He starts showing me other things that I need to deal with. Can you believe I've got things I need to deal with in Jesus' name? They didn't prepare this for me in psychology. So there's a sense where we are healed, but there's a sense where we are continuing to be healed. It's an ongoing process. But who knows that God may want to speak to some people here today. God may want to minister to some people here today. So here's what I just feel to do uh, today. There might be some people who would like prayer. As I've been speaking um, God has been speaking to you. 
and uh, we're going to anoint with oil. The Bible says in James, it says, if, uh, if there's anyone who's sick among you, then just call the elders to come and they're going to anoint oil. And we've, we've spoken about the Good Samaritan, how he poured oil into, into the wound that that particular person had. And we're going to pray for you with the anointing of oil. And the Bible says, and the sick person shall be made well. And so there might be some people that would like that today. Uh, whether it's physical or emotional, uh, whatever it is that you would like this morning, why don't we reach out to God in faith? You know, I'm not the healer. I can't heal anybody. And the reason why we come to church is not because a human being can heal us. We come to church because we believe that God is present. We believe that God is here and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We come to church because we believe God is here and we believe that God can do something. So this morning, if that's you, I want you to believe God can do something in your life. And if, and if that's you, the woman with the issue of our blood, she believed. She said, you know, if I could just touch him, if I, if I could just touch him, then something could change. But nothing happened until she acted on her faith. So today, it's not the oil, but it's a point of contact where God can do something in our lives. I'm not the healer. I'm just the messenger. <laughs> My job is just to preach the Word. This week as I was praying, I said, Lord, I've got, I've got this, it's, there's no shortage of sermons, <laughs> thousands of sermons. I just felt very strongly to speak on this. Maybe God wants to heal someone today. Maybe, maybe, maybe this morning someone's going to walk out of here different because of, I want to believe for that. I've been praying for that all week in the name of Jesus. Music is going to lead us in worship. If there's no one, that's okay. But if you would like prayer this morning, the anointing of oil, I want you to come and by the grace of God, we're going to pray. Just believe that God is going to minister to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you for your word. Your word says that signs and wonders would follow the preaching of the word. Let it be so today, I pray in Jesus' name. Let today be the trigger of, for healing, Lord God. Let it be the first step in a series of steps. Let the oil of joy wine of your love, Lord God, just be poured out in our hearts. Father, thank you for this church. Continue to let this be a place of healing. I pray in Jesus' name. Let this be a place where people find hope and release. I pray in Jesus' name. Heal our church, Lord God. As a church, minister healing, Lord God. From the things that have been spoken over this church over many years, Father, heal us, Lord God so that we can be everything that you've called us to be in Jesus' name. This is our prayer, and we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. It's been an amazing congregation this morning. God bless you. Have a great week.